It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And now here's the star of our show, James Van Alstom. Here we are. Welcome to Friday night. Welcome to Car Code Carne. I'm James Van Osdell, and you got to wonder why on earth was a SWAT team called to the new Double Door location in Uptown. Every two weeks, there is a Double Door podcast. The Double Door podcast produced on site at the new location in Uptown on Wilson and Broadway. Co-owners Pete Bruce and Sean Mulroney talk about what it is like to rebuild Double Door as a brand, rebuild it in a new building, and get everything up and running so that Chicago's music landscape can again welcome the Double Door. So the new episode of Double Door podcast comes out Tuesday morning, this coming Tuesday, and you'll find out all the reasons why the SWAT team was called on the new building. I'm not <laughs> not making that up. That's a real thing. Meanwhile, well, in, in, the, on, in, in the world of Carcone Carne, I asked the question this morning on CarconCarne.com, can radio be saved? It's a rhetorical question. The short answer, I believe, is yes. The long answer is it's going to take courage. It's going to take some radical reinvention to get there. I offer 11 ideas to fix radio. That's on the homepage of carconcarne.com. And on Carconcarne, the podcast, there are two episodes releasing between tonight and Thanksgiving. Sunday night, the 21st of November, I'm back in the car. I'm joined by Sal Ebenanti, graphic novelist, creator of Atomica, he will be joining me at Johnny's Beef in Elmwood Park because it's Johnny's Beef in Elmwood Park. I'm going to roll up my sleeves and get my hands around a beef and sausage combo. Can't wait for that. And then Monday night, I'll be joined by Matt Durda of Matt Durda and the High Watts Americana Artist. We're meeting out in Wheaton for that one, doing that in the car. I just thought on a Monday night holiday week, what better time to commute to Wheaton during rush hour? There you go. Matt Durda, Monday night on Carcon Carney. I'm an expert planner for sure. So tonight it is Friday night and I am doing the podcast from home and I'm joined tonight by the no less than the AV Club senior writer, Katie Reif. Good evening, Katie. Hi, I'm happy to finally be on the podcast. I, I'm thrilled you're here because I mean, you are you are all about film, you know, all about cinema, the history, and you know, all the weird stuff. That's cinema. my yeah, that's like my that's my niche. <laughs> that's a fantastic niche. So specifically tonight, the main reason we're talking tonight is because of this movie, Suicide Club, a movie mm-hmm. you describe as being more bizarre than Battle Royal and far bloodier than The Ring. Yep. He's movie Suicide Club. And this you, there are two showings that you've curated at the Music Box Theater Thanksgiving mm-hmm. weekend midnight shows over Thanksgiving Thanksgiving weekend, after you, you're tired of family and drama and all the weirdness that happens at Thanksgiving, see something truly shocking, <laughs> un- unsettling, dispiriting, well played. Yet oddly fun. <laughs> Yet oddly fun. So you actually shared, the, again, the movie is Suicide Club, Midnight Showings at the Music Box Thanksgiving mm-hmm. weekend. You shared the opening scene. I had never seen this before. And I, you oh, know, once, yeah. I, once I knew we were going to talk about this, I, I wanted to dive in. I didn't want to spoil it too much, but the opening sequence that left a mark. I watched that and that that stays with you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Suicide Club is a movie that came out in 2001 in Japan. And um, uh, in the early 2000s, like the hip, one of the hip cinephile things was Japanese horror movies. And that's why I kind of brought up Battle Royale and The Ring Mm -hmm. in the same breath as this movie. And there's also Pulse, which was a kind of a classic movie. But a lot of these movies, you know, at the time, streaming wasn't a thing yet. And so it it took a while for movies to make it from Japan to the U.S., you know, like usually on home video. And so there was kind of this fun period where maybe you'd seen a clip of something or you had heard about this crazy movie, but you don't have an opportunity to see it yet. And I saw that opening scene of Suicide Club long before I ever saw the movie. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, I have to find this movie. (laughs) So, okay, let's talk about that. Since we're not spoiling the entire movie, the whole movie is based upon this five minutes. Yeah. Describe the describe it because it's just it's 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 an opening credit scene and it's it sets up everything and it's shocking. It's also really well done. Yeah, it's really well done. Um, So the opening scene is you see it's a it's rush hour on a train platform in Tokyo, you know, and I, everybody kind of knows it's famous for being very crowded on the Tokyo subway system. And there's this crowded platform and this huge group of teenage girls all dressed in their matching school uniforms come down the stairs and they're all standing on the platform, chatting, playing with their cell phones like normal. And then like dozens of girls all hold hands step up to the front of the train platform and jump in front of an oncoming train. And then the, and then like classical music starts playing and the credits of the movie start playing with blood. Just gore everywhere. All over everybody. All these business people in their suits just having blood spraying all over them. It is. Yeah. Like you said, you, you know, you'd never forget that. So if you want to say happy Thanksgiving, this is the way to do it. Uh, (laughs) Well, listen, man, you might have a very cool family, you know, (laughs) for sure. And and, and sure. Take the family. family, Why not? (laughs) Load them in the SUV, head on down to Southport, go, go to the music box theater. Uh, So that's all I've seen in the movie. So I I can't wait to see the whole thing. What you, you curated this, this is, this is on you. What made you say, we've got to get this in a midnight show. I cannot wait to Beyond that opening scene, what is it about this movie that we should care about? Well, okay, so this movie was made by a director called Sion Sono, who has since gone on to be like a very reliable kind of, you know, exporting movies every few years abroad. And he's really known for having a very singular, distinctive style. And his latest movie came out earlier this year. And it had Nicolas Cage in it called Prisoners of the Ghostland. That just played at Music Box a couple months ago. It's the same director. And that is kind of Nicolas Cage doing like a samurai Western. And so this movie, um, the director started working in the late 80s. But this was really his first movie to gain notoriety abroad because of things like, you know, that scene and (laughs) trailers and people having seen this movie at festivals and it was kind of an early message board days. And so it was a very notorious movie during that time. And um, so basically this is a real genre bender of a movie. It starts with that really shocking sequence. And then there's a sequence that plays like a slasher film. And then there's another high school sequence. And there's like this element of like techno paranoia and like the internet's going to get you. And then it and then it has like a glam rock uh, torture dungeon scene. And it has um, like this sinister uh, 
pop group that's all these little girls dancing, but there, you know, might be some subliminal messaging going on. And so basically uh, the plot is that there's a rash of teenage suicides happening across Japan and um, they're trying and it's so it's a detective story. The detective's trying to figure out why this is happening. And it's all linked to this website that there's these little dots blinking on a screen. And every time something like the opening scene happens, whenever there's this a mass suicide, more dots start appearing on this mysterious website. And so this detective is trying to figure out who's behind the website. And it takes him down all these really uh, kind of bizarre avenues. How visionary given the, the year of its release. Yeah. To have that, that kind of frame of mind when it comes to the internet and how it can be used and how it can be used for ill. I mean, we were all still kind of figuring out best practices for the internet back at the turn of the century. Yeah. Yeah. It really is about like internet group think and kind of this idea that, you know, the kids are up to something online and the adults don't know what it is, but it's sinister kind of idea that's in the movie too. And yeah, it really was like for 2001 before social media was really a thing. Like Mm -hmm. it was pretty visionary. I agree. So this is happening Thanksgiving weekend and we can get tickets by going to the music boxes website. Right. Yep. (laughs) I'm just assuming. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's Friday and Saturday at midnight. And I would say, you know, we're not playing Thanksgiving day. You know, if you're going out to the suburbs for Thanksgiving, maybe you'll be back by Friday or Saturday and you want a little bit of a palate cleanser. For sure. Maybe, you know, you're a Thanksgiving orphan and you're not going anywhere for Thanksgiving regardless. Or like you said, you're sick, your folks come by. We'd love to have you. We will give you shelter from the wholesome family storm with this crazy fucked up Japanese cult movie. <laughs> your, your horror family will welcome you. Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Yeah, I w- go ahead, Katie. Oh, I'm glad that you brought that up because that's something that we're trying to do with music box of horrors. Um, you've had Mike Vanderbilt on the show before my co-programmer. Um, so uh, wait, we- wait, Mike Vanderbilt, internet star. <laughs> he's, he told me that he's like 600 followers away from being a, Technically, a celebrity on paper, <laughs> like what 30,000 Twitter followers makes you a celebrity on paper or something. I was like, okay, wait. anyway, <laughs> love, we love that guy. Love him. Love him. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so Mike's been on the show, and I really, I'm glad you brought up the horror family because that's kind of something that we've been working on building with Music Box of Horrors. Like, obviously, Will, who's uh, another part of our team, and then there's Ryan, who runs the Music Box. Will and Ryan had been doing the uh, 24-hour marathon for a few years at Music Box. And as you know, if you've listened to your show before, you've probably heard. Then we did 30 Nights at the Drive-In last year during the pandemic. And this year we did 30, night, 30 Nights at the Drive-In again. Um, so we want to... And I feel like we've had a lot of repeat customers or cars I would recognize. I'm one of them. And, I'm yeah. one of them, happily. <laughs> And so, you know, we wanted to keep building on that because we feel like we are kind of calling in all the weirdos of Chicago and being like, we have those fucked up movies you love. <laughs> well, it, it's that and it's that it's the driving experience. Yeah, it's it is the quintessential American leisure activity. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the driving. Let's have some popcorn. It's awesome. But yeah. to your point about the weird fucked up movies and the, the thing that draws the weirdos back time and again, just as we're talking about suicide club, 
I love discovering things that I wasn't aware of, aware of the first time around. I, mm. I did a, did a show earlier this week about a guy who discovered some old cassettes at a thrift store of a band he never heard of from Chicago's past, never really made it, a band called The Veil. He fell in love with this band that was you know, from 35, 40 years ago, ended up pressing records, like creating a record company to release their music in the modern day. But that idea of discovering something like Suicide Club from mm -hmm. 20 years ago and being able to look at this thing that you missed and discovered for the first time, I, I, I think that's a thrill. And that's been one of the, the great advantages of going to Music Box of Horrors is, yes, you have the mainstream stuff peppered in there. But we were talking before we started recording about The Exorcist Night. Mm -hmm. The Exorcist was the, the, the first movie to unspool that night. But right after that, there was an Italian knockoff that no one's seen after it. It's that discovery that, that makes it yeah. so much fun. Yeah, that's what we really like to do, you know, um, and we're trying it's part of all building, you know, music like what we would like for it to be is if it says music box of horrors on something, it's either a movie that you love and you're super excited to see again, or it's something that you you trust our taste. You're like, OK, well, they, they won't steer us wrong. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and that's a that's another topic I come back to all the time is curation. Mm -hmm. I, I think curation is a lost art. and we need to identify those people who are going to turn us on to stuff we're into. Mm -hmm. And that's what the music box of horrors does. This is fantastic curation. Thank you. We really try. And so the story of how suicide club specifically is showing at music box this month is uh, I did, I curated a J horror double feature for music box of horrors this year. And we ended up showing uh, the ring and dark water to director, two movies by the same director, Hideo Nakata. Um, and, I wanted to try to show Suicide Club as the second feature at the drive-in as the like, you've heard of this first one. Yeah. Well, let me give you this wild thing for part two. So I thought it would make an ideal B feature at the drive-in. But when we contacted the distributor in Japan, they said, oh, I'm sorry, we didn't make a DCP of this one because it is kind of a cult film. You know, you could, Wait, you could find it. Sorry? DCP? Oh, uh, it's called that's like when you're showing a movie digitally in um, a like professional theater environment. It's a thing called DCP, digital cinema, something or other. I don't right, know. So it's, it's a format for that type of screen. Yes. It's like it's like the high def format to watch a movie on a big screen and have it, you know, look professional. Got it. OK. Yeah. So the distributor in Japan had not made one of those. but They said we have this old 35 millimeter print laying around would you like that? And we were like, I, you know, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I was so excited because who does rare 35 screenings? Like people go nuts for that stuff. It's a yeah. special experience. So we had the print shipped over from Japan, especially for this. It's really kind of a, you know, a big deal for you know celluloid lovers and lovers of rare films too. So uh, yeah, it's just all around. I'm really pleased that we're showing this movie. This movie we're talking about, Suicide Club, was on the slash film 27 most disturbing movies of the century so far list. I was going to bring that up. <laughs> and there are some truly disturbing movies on the list. Uh, I have not seen all of them. I know you you, you have. Most of them. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I watch a lot of movies <laughs> for my job. So. <laughs> well, I mean, some that are slightly less disturbing, like Green Room. That's just a, right. a great a great thriller. Oh, I um, love Green Room. It, so it's good. fantastic. I've not seen The Woman, which is a cannibal movie. 
Yeah, that one was pretty disturbing. <laughs> Check. Uh, both cabin fevers, uh, human human centipede too. That that franchise is unwatchable to me. Yeah, I don't like the human centipede movies so much. Like they're just they're just it's not creative. It's just mean spirited, you know. Like, I, I I wanted to like it. And I'm like this just this I I feel gross and I'm not enjoying this and life's too short. I've got to move on. No, yeah, that I like I like the first one well enough, but the sequels I'm I just mm, not for me, but. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think this movie suicide club, like I said, the director's gone on to make a lot of, you know, he's a pretty reliable every couple years. One of his movies will come out in art house theaters in America. Like I said, prisoners of the ghost land played music box a couple months ago. So this is kind of him at his roots. And, um, it's very much of that early two thousands kind of wave of Japanese horror movies when just like the creativity was amazing in that scene at that time and i think yeah it's like it's so many movies combined into one and they're all really strange and interesting and creativity like i said that's really what this movie has going on and it's super fucked up (laughs) and it's super (laughs) fucked up and this is the 35 millimeter print like this is this checks so many boxes for so many movie fans yeah 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 um and uh, if you want to, if you have seen a lot of those movies on that slash film disturbing movies list, come to the screening. We'll sit around and talk about it. <laughs> exactly. Because you're with the horror family. Yeah. That's what you do. You sit around and you talk about stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Your, your love of horror, your, your knowledge is, is well documented. You've been covering the year in horror on mm-hmm. the, the AV club podcast. Uh, not a great year for horror. Not the best that I've seen. I mean, like we like from like 2016 to 19, we're like we had like a few really, really, really good years in there. And I feel like this is this is just kind of the pandemic time. It's kind of a low point for a lot of movies. Uh, Did you like the last VHS movie? I actually haven't seen that one yet, but I've heard it's very good. And one of the segments is directed by a Chicago director, Jennifer Reeder. Oh, I think I knew that. Okay. Yeah. Uh. There, there were a couple things I absolutely loved about the new one. The, mm-hmm. the one that critics loved, the, the sequence the critics loved in that movie, I thought was the most boring and went on too long. Mm-hmm. But uh, the first sequence in, in particular, I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, how about that new paranormal activity activity movie? That's terrible. <laughs> it wasn't very good. No. <laughs> but I, um, the new Chucky show is pretty good. And I liked Malignant. Malignant was just. That's okay. You, you thought it was uh, just okay? I thought it was just okay. Even when it got really over the top at the end? Not a huge fan. Okay, I mean, I'm glad, <laughs> glad, glad I saw it you know, as part of a subscription. Uh, but okay. speaking, of, speaking of podcasts and switching from horror, you're currently diving into Paul Thomas Anderson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do a podcast um, with A.A. A. Dowd, who's my colleague at AV Club. It's called Film Club, and we discuss all genres of film, you know, um, uh, let, like I said, my programming work is in horror and I, it's, I, I call it my specialty, but I, I cover all sorts of films. Like I wrote a review of the power of the dog this week. Uh, and so, and a Dowd and I cover, um, lots of different genres on our podcast too. And currently we are doing a series where we discuss the films of Paul Thomas Anderson leading up to licorice pizza. Perfect. Yeah. And where do you stand on Marvel movies? Are, are, are we just, has that just crested or is it diminishing returns at this point? I think it probably has crested a little bit. 
my personal opinion is that I feel okay. So DC movies kind of reached a bit of a low with Justice League. You know, it was obvious that what 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 had been working for them for a while wasn't really working for them anymore, right? And in response, they kind of let their directors run a little bit more wild in terms of style. And I think the DC movies we've seen since then have been more interesting for that. And so, like, it seems like maybe Marvel's getting to the point now where it's starting to spin its wheels a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I'll be curious to see what happens because Marvel traditionally keeps very tight creative control over their movies. And my advice to them at this point would be, just relax, man. Let it be a little bit weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like at this point, Marvel movies are kind of like the Foo Fighters. You know what you're going to get? Yeah. There's a formula that works. It's pleasant. It's inoffensive. Your parents will probably like it, too. <laughs> yeah. So everyone in the world. <laughs> uh huh. So the, the new Spider-Man movie, it'll be like color in the shape. The second Foo Fighters album, probably better than the first one. <laughs> Probably more resonant and long lasting, but still it's a Foo Fighters record. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I think part of just being a film critic is you see so many movies like I'm on track to see 150 new releases this year or something like that. You see so many movies that just anything that kind of swings for the fences, whether they hit a home run or not. You, you kind of appreciate that. And the sameness of the Marvel movies, I think, is what's kind of wearing people down. For sure. Uh, we talked briefly about how Music Box of Horrors is going to be an ongoing thing. Can mm -hmm. you explain that? Yes, this is something that we decided um, because we're really uh, enthusiastic about this kind of horror family that we're building around this event. Um, we're going to take Music Box of Horrors monthly. It's going to become a monthly event. It's not going to be at the drive-in, um, except for maybe a couple times a year, a couple special events, but the regular monthly screening will be at the Music Box. Um, awesome. So the November screening is Suicide Club, and we had a meeting today where we talked about the few months after that, and I can't tell you exactly what, but it's going to be, we have a couple like more curated things, and then we have something that could potentially be really big that we're working on. for you guys. Amazing. All right. So we'll, we'll keep an eye out on that stuff. In the meantime, it all begins with suicide club, midnight showings at the music box, Thanksgiving weekend. And you're not spoiling it for yourself. If you do watch the opening sequence, no. online, if, if anything else, you're going to, make an excuse to see this movie after watching the opening sequence. Exactly. This is a true teaser. It's what you call a cold open. <laughs> yes. Ice cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but again, just the, the gore, the, the splatter, everything about it. Friday, November 26th, Saturday, November 27th, midnight shows. Uh, you are Katie Reif from a V club yes. music box of horrors. Uh, thanks for doing this on a Friday night. Well, thank you for having me. Like I said, I've been wanting to come on for a while, so I'm really excited to finally get to do it. All right. So that said, will you do it again as the Music Box of Horrors revs up as Absolutely, a monthly thing? Of course. Yeah. I'm holding you to that. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you for doing this. Uh, I'm going to kill the live stream. You stay right there.